Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Here we go, Shelter Footycast with you on a Monday morning as we review the round 12 week that was Mark Reddings. Will Schofield, how are you, Skate? Uh, Scully, I'm going terrifically well. I've decided just to give us a public holiday and given your tipping is so elite at the moment, I'm dressing, trying to dress a little bit more like you, a bit more cash, a bit more okay. man of the people style. I see you've got your white Lacostes on. I don't yeah. know if we can see them in the camera. Oh, yeah. look yeah, at those. I like them. My wife talked me into them. I suspected it might have been you know, like uh, Marty from... Or Morty. Or was it Marty or Morty from Seinfeld? Morty. And uh, in Florida, just cruising along you the... You said it uh, was maybe a little bit like um, Foreigner, the bird. <laughs> you said that. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past me. But by the way, just look, there has been some good news. Uh, our show brought to you by Shelter Brewery is that uh, the share prices have gone up significantly uh, off the back of an event at the Wembley Hotel on Friday afternoon slash evening because Will Schofield, who of course went there, managed to drink his whole body weight in Shelter Brewery that night and into the next day because I met up with him on Saturday and he still had that shelter smell about him. <laughs> Which is a beautiful smell. We're actually going to turn it into a cologne just after <laughs> this. Uh, Shelter Brewery, that's right. Dan and I were down at the Wembley Hotel. It was it was bloody good. Watch the footy down there. Enjoyed it. Few switchback IPLs, good beer. Yeah, look, I, I sound surprised, but I'm not. Good beer, and had too many of. Them. I'm surprised you can remember the night, let alone recount what type of beer you were drinking from a shelter. Responsibly, I did that though. Um, so we do this, <laughs> the Shelter Footy Cast, every Monday, every Thursday. The uh, review is on Mondays. The preview is on Thursdays. I still haven't stuffed that up yet. Review preview. I got it beautifully. Okay, so it's a West Coast. Uh, sorry, it's, it's not a West Coast theme. Certainly not this year. It's a West Australian theme. We cover West Coast Fremantle. You can see us on socials, Shelter Footy Cast, or you can find us and you can get in touch with us. You can send through your regional footy stories. 
you can ask us a question. You can find that either on the socials at Shelter Footycast or head to shelterbrewing.com.au. Click on the tab that says Our Beer and there is a Shelter Footycast link there. You can get all you need to know right there, Skate. So send us your questions. Yeah, well covered off. And yeah, plenty of ways you can listen, look, and be a part of uh, the footy cast. Because we do film this. You can find us on YouTube. Just uh, have a little search for Backchat. Have a search for Shelter Footy Cast. You'll find us there. We get it all done every week. That's right. The, uh, the, the event was elite at the Wembley Hotel. Loved it down there. And I probably enjoyed it too much. Let's get into the big moments of the round. Okay, Skate. Uh <sighs> I reckon we start with Nat Fife. We both worked that game on the weekend. How did he look? How, for, for Frio fans listening, how did Nat Fife look in the waffle? Well, physically, he looks still like a man amongst boys, doesn't he? He's so big and imposing. But Rusty's a, a word that comes to mind in the first half. Just the touch which invariably, if you haven't played footy for a long period of time, July last year was the last time he played AFL footy. No surprise. So he was a bit rusty, uh, but he took some bumps, took some bruises, uh, I thought it was everything he had to do in terms of playing AFL this week against Hawthorne. I actually thought, I know a few people would have described it as rusty, including yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he looked like Nat Fife. Yeah, I of course. Think, I think Nat Fife is a bit of a rusty player. Is he that polished? Does he have the, Does he have a chiselling kick that comes out of stoppages, you know, breaking out? He's not that sort of player. He's a in-under strong midfielder that can take a contested mark, which he did on the weekend, a few of those. He had a few of those moments in a, in the stoppage where it, it looked like Nat Five, But, yeah, clearly he had some moments where he hadn't played the game for a long time. But I, I actually thought he was a lot better than I thought he would. I thought he was going to rock up and, and, and I just saw him playing in the waffle. I thought he must be underdone. That's why he's playing. He did not look underdone to mine. But what I thought when I looked at the match with you is that he enjoyed the occasion. He enjoyed yeah. – look, he was uh, happy to talk to us on TV. He was embracing the moment. He was involved in the team in Peel because he could have come off before full-time. He had 24 touches, as it turns out, uh, had done everything required regularly going off the ground to get the massage and keeping the body in, in good shape. But it, the competitive beast came out. He wanted to stay out there. Peel got the victory. There was some, some really interesting moments. One, when you talk about coming out of a stoppage or, or winning the footy, hit up uh, debutant Barnes to kick his first goal. That was just a – that was elite. That was brilliant. And then in the last minute and a half when he takes the mark, Scores a level. <laughs> it was all tailor-made. <laughs> it was tailor-made for a Nat Fife moment of glory. Uh, and as it turns out, Scoey, you pointed out, and we all know, that his set shot kicking hasn't been as good as he'd like over the past couple of years. Not his biggest strength. No. But as was, others, though. But 45 out, you're thinking, OK, just to show us the great man's back, he shanks it and puts it uh, into the other into the pocket. It was a shock. It was kick. a terrible kick. Josh Tracy takes the mark. Contested mark. Contested He's ninth mark. of the day. Really good player, Josh Tracy. He goes from fifteen metres out, tight angle, but fifteen out. It's uh, they have to score. Scores a level. Yes, and he's a player of immense talent. He goes back with thinking. Well, worst case result, a point. He hits the belly of the ball and it goes 30 metres in Subiaco's direction to almost half forward. <laughs> it went the opposite direction to the goals. So we're sitting in there commentating, trying to make it a and Me and Zave are laughing at this stage. Skeet's doing play-by-play calling, just keeping it very professional as usual. Uh, lucky enough, Peel put a bit of pressure on and Josh Tracy got the exit kick. He, he sort of worked defensively, got a kick 40 metres out, went back, got it where he likes it. He, he's a beautiful set shot for kicker. Nat Five, not the best. Josh Tracy, one of the best. Absolutely. And just on, this has been on radio last night. We were talking about it after Fremantle's win, which we'll get to. But 
there is there are people out there suggesting that Nat Fife should spend another week in the waffle or they don't bring him automatically back into the side, which I – look, you and I debated last week about I thought some time in the waffle wouldn't hurt him. You thought straight back into the AFL. Well, I've seen him once play a game in the waffle and now I believe – Absolutely. Transition straight into AFL hang, from here. Hang on. No, no, no. You can't You can't say you want him in the waffle. For, for one week. So now you want him in the AFL. What? Well, I wasn't going to have him in the waffle for the rest of the season, Scully. I just right. said one hit out. He hadn't played since July last year. He was. He ticked off on it. The club tick off, ticked off on it. I ticked off on it. <laughs> Tell it. You ticked off your... <laughs> but, but, but... They've got to buy in one more week. Yes. So if he comes back into the AFL, do you think it's a good thing to come back into the AFL, potentially disrupt what they've got going on there? They've just beaten Melbourne, just beaten Brisbane. They are firing on all cylinders. Does Nat Fife coming back for one week improve or disrupt what they're doing right now? Well, bottom line is, does Nat Fife make Fremantle a better side? Yes or no? Well, clearly I think yes, because I wanted him playing AFL last week. I'm just saying... You wanted him in the waffle. Well, only the only reason is that to give him look, he hadn't played any footy. It doesn't matter how good a player he you rusty. are. He rusty. Uh, you said he looked rusty in the first ten minutes. But <laughs> but it's like saying Nat Five shouldn't shouldn't play a preseason game before round one. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm just, that's the point I'm making. If it's good enough for Elliot Yo and Dom Sheed and Nick Natanui when they're returning, that was my argument. I think he did what he had to do. I think it was actually really good for WA footy. I know it's a, a bit waffle orientated that that statement, but I I thought he embraced it. He showed that uh, he's going to be on track to play against Hawthorne. He's a, look, the only issue with him playing this week is there's another break. But I can't see why. I mean, let's be honest. There's there's some debate as to who goes out of the side after a really good performance. But, I mean, Barney Banfield, four goals. He we'll cover this has in the to stay. Game, yes. But, but in essence, Nat Fife has to come in to that side if he's fit and available, which by all accounts he is. You cannot leave him out of the side, albeit there has to be some repositioning with the Will Brodies scenario inside the centre square if he plays primarily midfield. For what it's worth, I agree 100% with you. I was just pointing out the fact that you didn't quite agree with yourself, but I think you make a good point because it was my point. Get him back in the AFL side. He's a star. Um, Dan, if you would, just adjust your laptop to not go to black like it does all the time because I can't see the time, if that's possible. Uh, Anyway, um, Nat Five Big Issue. A couple of little uh, tribunal issues that I want to cover off on uh, very quickly. Bailey uh, Smith. Uh, head-butted Zach Tui on Friday night footy. I was watching at the Wembley Hotel with a shelter, a couple of shelters. He's been given two weeks. Fair? Not fair? Well, I guess the incriminating evidence was the mark on Zach Tui's forehead. and That was strange. Where did that come from? I don't know how that happens. Like, where, how, it, it, looked like a, it looked like a grass burn. So are you suggesting he didn't head-butt him? No, 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 no. no. I, 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 clearly, he head-butted him. It was just... I just haven't seen... Something like that happened before. I just think our headbutt, and it was, look, whether it was the full-blown Liverpool kiss, you can argue that. And But two weeks, yeah, look, i got no issue with it. I mean, you could not let him off that. And, Scoey, speaking from personal experience, you mm-hmm. on the Gold Coast, I think it was, against Port Adelaide, you yep. had an issue of sorts similar to this. Yeah, it's interesting. I was watching, and, and uh, not that I could feel sympathy for him, because I think it is a bad look, and I thought mine was a bad look as well. I'm not going to sit here and defend it, but... I did have empathy because I, I I could see the frustration. If we want to talk about the actual incident, Zach Tui probably headbutted him first and not, I guess, visually as disruptive as Bailey Smith was. 
but there was a clash of heads before Bailey Smith. So I can I can see the mindset of Bailey Smith. It's half time. You're getting frustrated. You got someone in your grill. You've clashed heads. He, he he gets his blood up. You know you can't you know make the right decision all the time. And that's that's the same with me. Certainly would never defend a headbutt. You can't do that. But I could see how it. I, I, I the only thing is I can just see how it happened. I, I can mean, see a lot of things happen on a footy field yeah. because. If you're a competitive person, I hate losing anything. And, yeah. and I'm not out there playing and putting your body on the line. So you can understand why players, just that instinctive move or that instinctive action where you look back in the cold light of day and say, what do I do that for? Yes. But, but but the blood, you speak to it really well about the... You're, you're on the you're edge so invested. Already. You're, yeah. you're already on the edge, right? To be playing in the first place, you're already firing. And so then... Uh, something happens, and you just it just it just it just happens. So I can it, I know people think it's deliberate, but it's an accident. Uh, Bailey Smith didn't go out there. I'm going to headbutt Zach Tui right now. No, it, it is a split second mistake, and I think he deserves two weeks as well. We're going to keep moving. Um, let's get into the Fremantle and West Coast wrap of the weekend. I think we're going to do West Coast first again. Skate. Might as well pick the. The bad news story before the good news story. Look, it, it, it was disappointing. Again, they came out poorly. Uh, Adelaide kicked five goals to nothing in the first quarter. And, and at AFL level, four goals is usually the margin that's very difficult to come back from. You don't see a lot of teams come back from over that margin. And so be to be down by five goals at quarter time, not that the game's over, but the game's pretty much over. Um, a little stat for you, which is a positive for West Coast fans. They avoided becoming the first team in <clears throat> excuse me, VFL, AFL history to lose by 50 points or more in eight consecutive games. They lost by under 50 points. They went, went down by 31 points. So they would have been the first ever in the history of the game to do that eight times in a row. So positive for West Coast. Yes, a little win. And after quarter time, they actually... Yeah, let's be honest. They they matched Adelaide, and as the rain came down and it became more of a grind, I felt that suited the Eagles more. And look, I, the, now I'm not sure they've been labelled unfit. I just I'm more of the case of they just lack pace, they lack speed, and I mean, you can win games of footy without it. But it sometimes this team just just looks slow. Now I'm not sure what what. The reason for that is go, but you think Jamie Cripps pretty quick. Luke Shue when he's up and running is quick. I don't, name their top four or five speedsters. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point. I mean, Liam Ryan's out. He's fast. Willie Rioli's fast, but they're both out. Jack Petrocelli, we'd be up there. Not there. He's out. But I, I guess I look back. West Coast haven't. I guess suddenly gone from this quick team no. to a slow team. Have they? Maybe no, they, no. Maybe they have. No, they don't. No, it hasn't been a strength. But I do. I do take your point. Like they, they look slow. Like their midfield is slow. Tim Kelly's not fast. Luke Shuey's looking slower. Jack Redden's never been fast. Um, you got guys going through there that don't have pace. Greg Clark, who is a very young guy, he's honest. Not, he's not quick though. No, and they're not not there to be quick. But they are lacking that pace. They're they're lacking a fair few things. Jack Darling, I thought was good again. Second week in a row where. Um, I made the point about Nat Fife looked like Nat Fife. Well, Jack Darling looked like the Jack Darling that we know, which is a, which is a good sign. He needs to keep improving to keep the pressure off guys like Josh Kennedy. I was on radio yesterday, and um, Gibbo made the point that he thinks it's time for Josh Kennedy to retire. And I, I bristled a little bit, Skate, because of course it is. Mm. He's 34, going on 35 years old. He's multiple common winner, multiple Australian um, this year was meant to be the year that he sat in the corner with a couple of pe- pina coladas while Jack Darling and Oscar Allen 
did took the grunt work. That, took over that forward line, and he was meant to be getting the third best defender. Well, for the entirety of this year, he gets the best defender still as thirty four year old. Of course, he knows it's time to retire. He doesn't need to be out there playing. No. He could just ride off into the sunset if he wanted to. So. I think it's good that Jack Darling improves because it helps Josh Kennedy and just takes a bit of pressure off the big fella after a long, long career. And you don't want Josh Kennedy retiring mid-season. Uh, it's it's not something that he deserves. He should be going out in round 22, 23, whatever Correct. it is. And, and a song and dance made out of it, which he wouldn't necessarily jump at, but I think it's a, it's a natural. It'll be one of the few positives... For the club this year, like his 700th goal, like the upcoming 92 Premiership reunion. These are little small nuggets for for the Eagles to hold on to. One quick one for you, Luke Shuey. You mentioned, I mean, his body's been not great. Um, At the weekend, more an accountable role, a defensive role at times. That that doesn't seem like Luke Shuey's one would. I wrote an article on this. Uh, He he looks like he's trying too hard, Luke Shuey. He's, He's trying. Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely it is. Trying to put the club on his back and like, oh, I'm going to improve everyone and I'm going to show the young guys how to defend. I'm going to show them how to man up at stoppage. I'm going to show them how to be an accountable midfielder. That's not Luke Shuey. Luke Shuey is a one of the See best... See ball, get ball. One of the best in the comp stoppage players. One of the best in comp bursting out of stoppages. He, he's not a scrapping, tagging player and and that would be on both the coaches and Luke I think is that his body though also and not allowing him to to show that explosiveness maybe maybe it is and that's maybe why he's going to that but you'd like to see guys like a Connor West you know taking that role on rather than Luke Shuey but maybe maybe it's a good thing maybe we see some of the younger guys like Connor West and Greg Clark moving forward and taking a step forward with what they're doing but again a disappointing game from West Coast they lose by 31 points by next week They'd probably be happy with a few buys over the next <laughs> six, eight weeks. Does Jai Cully, we spoke to him on radio uh, last week, yes. does he come into the side in the not-too-distant future or do you have uh, two or three weeks in the I waffle? Hope so. I hope so. Oh, it'd, be good to see. it'd be good to get him in the waffle. Uh, he definitely didn't play this week, did he? No, he had a week off. So get him going and get him in there. I, I do agree with some people. Get, get some youth, see what they've got. I'm going to keep moving. Um, the Fremantle Dockers, that was one of the... Great wins, I thought, for the footy club. They Great win against Melbourne. But the Freo Dockers yesterday, you worked that game. I thought they were outstanding. Terrific. And the pressure they put on Brisbane, who were a bit below their best, I thought, but they have been for a little while. They've been a bit up and down, but that, taking nothing away from Fremantle, Andy Brayshaw, just enormous again. And um, what is it, 38, 39 touches. Yep. It just shows you where he's at. It has to be a Brownlow medal contender. Uh, the Dockers did so much right that the debate we had after the game on radio was, who do you drop? I mean, is it yeah. Darcy Tucker? Is it... Because um, they've got they've got five guys to come back in, right? So they come back in, Matty Tabiner. Not, not this... So some of these guys aren't coming back this week, by the way. Will Tabiner be back this week? I think unlikely. Walters? I think a hamstring, unlikely. Switkowski? Yes, he's available. Heath Chapman? Uh, I think unlikely because it was a hamstring. Nat Fife? Certainty. So the, Okay, so it's not five in. No, I think it's two. Okay. Two in, two out. And, and you look at someone like Lloyd Meek, does he... He mate, was great, It was he? great. Now, this is... We're not we're just no, trying no, to no, pick no, out no. poison. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Buddy Banfield, he, he can't drop a guy after kicking four uh, goals. Undroppable. I, I, I saw his name getting floated on social media. But you, you can't... You just can't drop him. Like, no. it, 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 it honestly does not matter. If he's the worst player on their list right now, on the 22, it doesn't matter. You cannot drop a guy after kicking four goals. And the way he played as well. Absolutely. So that's that's out of the equation. I mean, Mitch Croden was in the score, but he'll he'll drop Eddie, out. Eddie Sub, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's no um, there's no 
dramas for Fremantle with depth at the moment and, and options, which is terrific for them. But you're right, there's, I mean, you talk of small forwards, Michael, Frederick, uh, elite, three goals again. Yes. They've got Griffin Logue as a forward. Yeah. I thought he looked really good, comfortable. He didn't look like a backman playing in the forward line, which, you know, that happens a lot. Saw some comments from him after the game saying, a lot, uh, a lot, I think you guys we spoke, spoke to him. He, he was happier playing in the forward line, easier celebrating goals than spoils. <laughs> Disappointing seeing that from a defender, to be honest, mate. I, I like to see them keep true to where they're from. Hopefully he remembers he's a defender. Yeah, he's gone from being like uh, the, the drummer out the back to the lead singer. You know, you need that. Sometimes everyone yes. needs that ego burst. And even you going forward, kicking a goal in your day. You know, defenders, they don't get much, much kudos. Uh, and particularly they cop it in the neck when things go wrong. But Griffin Logue, and we were calling the, the goal, I called the goal when he yes. uh, nailed it in the last quarter and a couple of boys at the back said, no, I couldn't. Because he's kicking for goals. He only kicked two career goals, I think, now. But he nailed it. Well, what about his second goal? So his first goal of the game, he kicked it. was his second goal of all time, his whole career. He's celebrating with a few teammates. Then a the fight. A brawl breaks out. And so that's why you know he's a defender. Stop celebrating sprinted past his celebration. Had no match. idea what he's running to or who'd done what to who, but I thought, I'll just go in here and fly the flag. <laughs> his face, his face is like, hang on, hang on, I'm going to get to the Hang on, it's like you with the kids upstairs. Go, hang on, no, don't do that. <laughs> it was bloody good. I, I, yeah, I just thought they were outstanding across the board. They had role players. Aish was outstanding again. I thought he had 29 touches. Um, you, you mentioned Brayshaw. Will, the, the, the big one is mm. Fife coming back, which is what we're speaking about off the top. How does that disrupt this midfield? That is is firing. Sarong's playing a role in there that's that's great. Mundy does what Mundy does, been doing it for a long time. Brayshaw, clearly. But Will Brody, with, without him, I think they don't have the season that they've had right now. He's been absolutely outstanding. And again, yesterday, look, he didn't have you know 35 touches. But what he does inside the stoppage for them is what Fife does. He's playing Fife's role right now. That's no what, doubt. So... Does fight, what happens to Will Brody? You, you, he's, he's undroppable. Let's just say that right now. But also, I think Will Brody isn't like Fife, who, who theoretically can go forward and, and be that attract a really good defender and mm. become a weapon. And, and overhead, of course, Fife is so good. So Brody stays in there. But do you have to have Fife and Brody in? Does that you're right? That that centre square becomes a bit problematical. But what do you say to a two-time Brownlow medalist? And, and this is where you're going to have to get the captain himself to to say, you know what. I'm happy to I'm going to have to spend, say, more time outside that centre square because it's working so well. And if that changes on Saturday against Hawthorne, you can easily switch it up. We will, we will see the true leader that Nat Fife is if he's able to park his ego. And everyone has egos. That's not Nat mm. Fife thing. That's everyone has an ego, especially when you're so good. It's like, well, I want to be in the middle. If he can park that and say, I would rather win than get a touch then he has come, not full circle, because I don't know what sort of leader he is, but he is right at the top of his game. Like you said, two-time Brownlow medalist, captain of the club, to come back into the team and say, you know what, I'll play 70% forward. Because I think if you put him too much in the midfield, uh, it will disrupt what they're doing in there. It, it, chemist, chemistry is a massive thing in the midfield when you've got um, Sean Darcy tapping to effectively one person. It, it doesn't tap to three people. So if there's only one person getting on the end of it, you need chemistry. And the fact of the matter is they've had 12 rounds together, these guys, Sarong, Brayshaw, uh, Mundy and Brody. Putting someone in the mix will change it. Now, Fife makes them a better team. We know that. But you've got to be very careful how much you actually change things. And they'll be worried about that, Skate. And what he does do now, Fife, just it, just by his mere presence, he attracts the <clears> ball and, and players at Freeman. You can tell when he was playing. They, they, if, if there's an option between Fife and Brody, for instance, 
they'll go to five. Or historically, they have. So it's it's going to be one of the interesting storylines of this week for Justin Longmuir and Nat Five. I agree. Um, you are with us on the Shelter Footy Cast. Uh, let's whip through the rest of the round. A bit of a shorter round with a, the round 12 bye for a few teams. Geelong Bulldogs, uh, Friday night. And I was a little while ago now, Skate, but Bailey Smith, we've touched on him. Um, Geelong were on early. Western Bulldogs could not get near it. And I made the call. You know, Again, I'm probably about two shelters in at this stage. Said Bulldogs will not win. They could lose by 10 goals here because Geelong were absolutely firing on all cylinders. Now, credit where credit's due, the Bulldogs came back and, and fought their way back into the game, but their start is what lost them the game in the end. And you mentioned earlier in the pod about the four-goal margin in, in footy, yep. and they were down by 33 at quarter time. So it is such a tough task to come back. I mean, you guys did it in the grand final, but it's few and far between. Yeah, it doesn't to, happen. To, to do it that way. And Jeremy Cameron, he set it up at the start and finished off in the last quarter, six goals, gets the three Brownlow votes in. In my opinion, I thought he was a difference between the two sides. And he, he, he looks as on top of his game in his craft as anyone in the AFL. So not saying he's the best player in the AFL, but for what he does, the way he's kicking for goal, the way he's marking, the way he's moving... Like he is he is at the top of his game, and it's and it's good to see. I mean, he's moved he's moved from GWS to Geelong, second year at the club. Um, he looks at ease. He looks great. And at the other end of the ground, I just thought Sam De Koning, NAB Rising Star, the previous week, one goal to Aaron Norton on Friday night. He he was their only leaping tall forward, and of course he's their go to man ninety nine percent of the time. So without Norton being able to impact the scoreboard, Geelong were always going to be winning. I thought, and he was outstanding. Sam De Koning uh, just. Is he 19 years he's old? Young, yeah. he's exciting. He's look, And what Geelong has done now, they've probably finished top four, all things being equal, given yep. the, what they're doing. They've got a decent run home. And maybe the old boys, the uh, the walking wounded or dad's army, whatever you want to call them, they might just be timing their run a little better than they have previously. I wrote them off, so uh, all, all to it. <laughs> uh, for picks, I believe we both went... Geelong? Yeah, no. no, I went to the Bulldogs, and I okay. knew in the first 10 minutes I was cooked yet again. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Seriously. <laughs> so I picked Geelong, you picked Bulldogs. Did you, you didn't pick Geelong. No, we both went Bulldogs. Yeah, but I could see, with my tipping, I could fall into a barrel full of nipples <laughs> and come out sucking my thumb. I am that bad. It just, just really pisses me off anyway. We can say that now. Gold Coast, absolutely we can. Gold Coast, that's about as good as it gets. Gold Coast defeated North Melbourne by 62 points. We both picked the Suns. I've got to be honest. I didn't even know this game had happened before I reviewed it. <laughs> I, like, you know, yeah. which is which is saying something because the Gold Coast Suns are a proper top eight contender. Yeah, they've got they've got the record now. Their Stewie Jew has them in a really sweet spot, but can they finish off a season which has been their Achilles heel for so long? You talk about the Frio Dockers, and and you know, I know their fans. They see success, and they're waiting for the Dockers to fall over. Imagine what the Gold Coast Suns fans feel. They've never played finals in their lives. Yeah, you just wonder. Yeah, Fremantle fans, we know that the glass is generally half empty at times. The Suns supporters... Um, it's still an empty glass, isn't it? It's still an empty glass. It's, they're, they're, look, but I'm, I'm excited for them. I think we all want them to do well. We know Took Miller, 32 disposals on the weekend. Outstanding Matt Rowell, 25 touches. Um, they are getting hands on the footy. And what, inside 50 tally... What about that? Yeah, so 81 for the club was a club record. Never been better by the Gold Coast Suns. And what about this one? So they were down by 17 points at quarter time. 
Came out of the blocks sluggish. Like, looked terrible. The Gold Coast went whack in the second quarter. 24 inside 50s more. So it was 29 to 5 in the second quarter. They kicked seven goals, seven. 16 plus in contested possessions. And the North Melbourne Kangaroos were held scoreless. How about that for a second quarter? It's enormous. And they were slow to begin, but they got the job done. And North Melbourne, well, they're wallowing with the Eagles. uh, The race to the bottom of the AFL table. Very good. Okay, we move on. Thank you very much. Just one quick thing before we we move on. Hello, hello. Um, Just just saw this. The Suns only play two top eight teams in their final ten games. Wow. Absolutely. So So they've played a lot of good teams. Okay. Thank you, Dan. I like that a lot. Okay. So maybe we're on the Gold Coast train. Well, and up at... Up at Metricon, Fremantle were beaten by the Suns up there. Yes. And you look at the season now, you go, well, it's not such a bad loss. In high, at the time, you thought, oh, this is you know a disaster. But mm. the Suns are not that bad. And we know that St Kilda, who beat the Dockers as well, not that bad. And Collingwood, who beat the Dockers, are not that bad. So there's, you just keep looking at the form line and it starts to make sense. Okay. Don't sleep on the Suns. Sydney defeated Melbourne by 12 points. I thought the game of the round for mine... Um, it was a it was an arm wrestle of a game, back and forth, back and forth, and then Sydney just had some moments in the last quarter and you know third quarter, last quarter. Um, the Swans trailed by as much as twenty six points in the second term. So we talk about this four goal margin that I mentioned off the top. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm not right, but these are the only guys to do it over the weekend. They rectified that twenty four point margin. They win by twelve points. Um, a great game. It was a great game of footy at the MCG. And guess what? They did it the previous week as well against Richmond. Yeah, they did too. Roughly. So they've yeah. done it twice in a row. Without, of course, the Budster. Mind you, Stephen May was was missing for Melbourne. And we mentioned this last week, and, and this is where I'm going to lead you into, I said after 17 wins, Melbourne beaten by Fremantle. Clubs are up for a long time. If they have a bit of a dip, sometimes it doesn't just spike automatically. That's exactly what happened. So they, they got rolled, and their last halves have been really Really quiet, I think. Three goals the last two weeks. Ben Brown not taking the marks he used to. Uh, Wiedemann's not impacting the game as much. Their, their forward line is probably not showing up as well as you would like. But also I go back to a point that I'd like you to clarify from last week. And that was you thought Jared Witts was a better ruckman than Max Gorn. At the weekend, Jared Witts had 35 hitouts, 10 disposals. Not bad. Pretty decent. Let me tell you Max Gorn's numbers. He had 28 disposals, 23 contested possessions, a 30 hitouts, three goals, and 10 score involvement. So I'd just like you to expand on why Jared Witch is a better ruckman than Max Gorn. <laughs> Good to see you're keeping tickets, mate. I'll tell you what, I'm just having a quick look here. I know the numbers. Who was Max Gorn rucking against? Peter Adams is his name. Is he a ruckman, is he? And Jared, and Jared Witt, Todd Jar- Goldstein, Todd Jar- Goldstein. Jared Witts. Jared Witts is right up there with one of the best in the comp. He's a three. He's three lengths off the lead, turning for home. So did, I can did tell my you that. power rankings. I believe Max Gorn's just gone back on top. <laughs> <and Jared. laughs> yeah, Max Gorn. I mean, he was outstanding. He kicked th- three goals and had thirty touches as a ruckman. You can't actually stop that. Um, and and that's actually what Sydney did. They they just they just said we can't we can't beat that. So we're going to go uh, tighter in the contest and try to beat the midfielders because we can't win the hitouts and we can't get him around the ground. Like, he was everywhere. He was back, forward. And, yeah, I'll take your point on board. Yep, Max Gorn's the best in the comp. You happy? Happy with that? Max Gorn, the best in the comp? I don't think it was an argument in the first place. Uh, Logan McDonald, Sam Reid. And Logan, uh, I saw him against a couple of weeks ago at Marvel Stadium, really lighted up, kicked three goals. He looks like he's just taken – and with Buddy just – 
yeah. taking a side would step occasionally. He's feeling more comfortable in the environment. And a young, a young key position player. They take time to develop. We saw Josh Tracy in the uh, waffle game. He had nine contested, uh, nine contested marks, uh, kicked three or four goals, and they just take a while to get going. So Logan McDonald, a local boy, was very good in the win. Um, a great win to Sydney, and and you know I think we've got a pretty clear top four challenges now. Brisbane have lost two in a row, but I think it's Fremantle, Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. Am I missing anyone? You think Geelong, but I think Geelong's outside that at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, possibly. But they keep winning. They've strung together some matches together. And um, a bit like an ex-match Collingwood, who have um, been really good, won three in a row. They beat the Dockers here, which is, yep. again, that's good form. Uh, Carlton, they survived a real challenge from the Blues late in the game, as they did against Hawthorne. I thought they were in big trouble in the second half yesterday, but they found a way. Yeah, that's right. They were, they were down as much uh, as 30 points midway through the third quarter, the Hawks, but they came back, fought back. They've got this daring um, game style under Sam Mitchell where they, where they really take it on, and it can hurt them on turnover because they're not set up as well defensively like a Melbourne or um, even a Freo Dockers, but they take the game on and allows them to get on these big run-ons. And I, I thought they were just going to roll Collingwood, but credit where credit's due. Collingwood put their foot down and said, nah, this isn't happening, not on the MCG, not in front of a big crowd. Wet, it was wet most of the day. So I don't know this wet weather footy obviously doesn't suit the Frio Dockers, but when you've got two Melbourne teams going at it, I don't know who it suits. They had, they had quite good midfields going at each other. Jai Newcomb, um, Tom Mitchell in the midfield for Hawthorne. And Collingwood have kind of got this team that, Probably similar to a few that are going well at the moment. A team of role players. They don't have like who's their best player. Who's no, he, like, exactly. You can't he, say Scott Penelman anymore. Can no, you? you can't. I mean, Darcy Moore probably uh, gets the kudos. We know the Dacos boys, young and exciting. They're the emerging players. I think Collingwood are pretty well placed moving forward. But you're right. There's, you don't look at their team and, and get overly intimidated. Darcy Cameron, by the way. Uh, he was outstanding. No Brody, no Brody Grundy. Darcy Cameron has been playing solo ruck for the last four weeks. He'd be. You're right up there with, with Max and Jared Wiggins. <laughs> he would be, mate. I'm telling you. So he has he kicks a goal, has 28 touches, uh, nine marks. He's going very well. No, I like him. WA. I like him. And as I said, Nick Dacos, 36 touches. Outstanding. Collingwood's a good win for them, a big win, because they've got the Queen's birthday Monday holiday match next, this time next week against Melbourne. Wow. And that, look, if it's a decent day weather-wise over at the G, but like we saw the other night at the MCG, um, Carlton Collingwood, uh, last Sunday, uh, I'm thinking 80 plus. Xavier Ellis used to say to me, um, as a Hawthorne player, Clarkson used to say, "Good teams don't win, uh, don't lose two in a row. Uh, don't lose two in a row. Yep, they certainly don't lose three in a row. So if Melbourne, Melbourne, the real deal this year, I'm not going to write off the Melbourne Demons, certainly not. But if they're the real deal, they wouldn't be want to lose three games in a row. True, but I tell you what, does in brief, it gives this competition now. Melbourne's still favourite, clearly. Yep, but outside of that. Who? It's good. We love it. You're on the footy Shelter Footy Cast. Here we go. Shelter XPA X Factor, Skeet. Now, we're, we're, we're leaving this in WA hands. We're getting a slab out to the boys who win it. Um, can we go a West Coast play this week? Not quite. No, uh, we'll we get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I know. This week, uh, I, I thought this was an obvious one. It's not going to go to the bloke that has 40 touches every week. So uh, Andy Brayshaw would be right up there with getting that if that was the case. But we want someone that turned the game, to, that made some moments that really impacted the game. And I thought this week, Bailey Banfield was a clear XPA X factor. Four goals, 
the times that he kicks his goals. I think he kicked three of his four in the second half. It could have even been four of them. In, in, well, three goals, I think, in the third quarter. And they came within 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. It was a real burst. So here's a guy, let's be honest, he's a fringe player at Fremantle. Yep. He has to take every chance which comes his way. And uh, let's be honest, he's glad that Adam Chera's moved on because now people actually can distinguish between the two of them on the footy field because <laughs> there's a bit of confusion It at was times. his 50th game on the weekend, I think. Exactly. Oh, it feels like he's been around for longer, but he just hasn't been getting the opportunities. He's probably a guy that, with the, with the names that are coming back into Freo, that he would be thrown up or he should be coming out. But you can't drop him after a performance like that. No, exactly. But and look, if there were... Um, Sam Switkowski will come back in, you suspect. Yep. Uh, he doesn't miss, though. So... But he's always a bit like in cricket. You're the batsman that if if, if you have a, a double failure, you're out the door on the test team in some sides. Yes. And, and he's in that position. If he doesn't kick goals or play his role in one match, he's in trouble too. He's gone for another month. Very good. There you go. Slab of beer coming your way, Bailey Banfield, for a nice little XPA X Factor. Um, now, we're trying to get this going a bit, Skate. Regional footy roundup. A slab of beer to the player or club that can send us some great regional footy stories. So if you've got a story from the weekend that has popped up, you can you can hit us up on socials, Shelter Footy Cast, or find us on the Shelter website, which is shelterbrewing.com.au. Find your way to Footy Cast through there. We do have one from the weekend, Skate. Okay. We do. Um, it's come from Gordo. Yes. Well, as you, as you would. You wouldn't have it from John Smith. No, it's it? not going to be Gordo. It's going to be Gordo. He kicked his first ever goal in about 90 games over the weekend. And our correspondent says, I've never seen a person carry on like it before. The umpires had to break up the celebration so they could get the game going again. <laughs> not sure he'll kick another one. I have no idea what he was even doing in the forward line. He's usually sitting in the opposition goal square at fullback. Thanks, fellas. Love the podcast. And any... Players spring to mind that have gone forward. I mean, we saw Alex Keith do it twice against the Eagles. Tom Barras, mate. Tom Barras? His, his first goal in, in 100 game. That's Gordo sounds like Tom Barras in his 100th. Celebrations apparently were there. Gordo, I will say you left your footy club out, mate. So we need to know what footy club you play, played with. If you've got some regional footy love to send us, do, do do it. Gordo's got the slab this week. And I'm going to be honest, Gordo's the only one who sent one through. So it's an easy slab. If you want a slab, send it, make a story up. I don't Absolutely. Know. Shelter's happy to help you out. And uh, yeah, keep those stories, keep those anecdotes coming in because we just want to hear from you. Uh, any part of Western Australia, regionally, more so. There you go. So we've got the slabs there. Um, that's about done and dusted here on the Shelter Footy Cast Skate. Um, you know where to find us on socials. Have you got your socials sorted out? Yeah. Uh, not quite. Oh, look, I'm on Twitter. You look, added me on Instagram. The yeah, that day. my daughter did that for me. So just follow <laughs> Scully, so at least it looks like I care. Um, but no, I'm, I'm invested in this. I just have to, uh, you know, I'm a bit old school. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to warm to the task. I've got Dashing Dan over there. Scully sort of will run the show. I'll, I'll contribute in my own, my own style. But it is WA Day. Let's not forget, this is an important day for WA. What, what is WA Day? It's, I think it's the old Queen's birthday holiday equivalent, which I Victoria it, has next week. I find week. it humorous. I really do. Like, how good is WA? Let's go. That, that's what it feels like <laughs> that being as said, a Victorian. That being said, uh, I'm going to call the derby today between South Fremantle and East Fremantle and Waffle Footy. Uh, we saw it on Saturday, albeit with Nat Fife there. Yes. When there's a crowd there and good weather, it's still a decent product. It's still a good good event to go to. So it should be terrific down there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Derby, one of two Derbies. Of course, East Perth, West Perth today as well. So, yeah, footy's alive and well. One team at least is flying which uh, in the AFL, which keeps us all bubbling along nicely for the second half of the season. Correct. Very good. Been fun. Thanks, Skate. Scoey, we're done. Shelter Footycast. Bye-bye. See you next week. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.